Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. And hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host this evening as... You know what? It's no rest for the wicked because even though we have come to the end of a long old season, we're already looking forward to next season. Um, so, yes, lots to talk about this evening as uh, the uh, All Blacks and the international season comes to a close. Well, we do a couple of Barbarians games this weekend um, uh, and we'll also uh, have a chat about um, the uh, Super Rugby um, squad that, uh, that came out as well. Plus, anything else you put in the live chat. Uh, obviously, you can put that in there in Facebook or on a YouTube to search for New Zealand Sport Radio uh, on there. Uh, and uh, joining me this uh, evening, uh, it's uh, Con. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you, Paul. Glad to be here. And uh, yes, yeah, so look, folks, um, one of the big, big topics that we've had over the uh, last week or so um, clearly has been Razzie's uh, dis- um ban from rugby or rugby for uh, two months and then uh, from match day activities for a year and myself and Connor did a for your is only 45 minute discussion about that uh last on friday was it we did it? i think it was i think it was on friday friday or saturday yeah saturday yeah, morning maybe actually. Yeah. Yes, um, that's right. so folks if you want to have a uh, listen to our views on that then head over to uh, um, nzsportradio.com uh, and how and you can uh, have a watch or a listen um, to that one. We won't be going into that tonight. I'd say we've done 45 minutes on it already. I don't really think there's uh, much more to say. Unless, Con, you've seen something new happen over the past uh, couple of days. The only thing of note for that is um, uh, at least one South African great, Nick Mauer, has come out in, in, in support of, well, in mild support of the ban. <laughs> And uh, and that must be the first uh, person uh, of note in the in the entire continent of Africa that has uh, come out against Razzie. Uh, so, um, well, but, no, no, uh, I think, I'm not sure he's come out against Razzie. I think he's just come out and said that uh, it's been well thought <coughs> out and they've they've gone through the whole process properly. Uh, and right. uh, look, he, he didn't follow the process he should have done. Now, whether Razzie was correct or not, he says, is another matter entirely. Uh, and he still thinks Razzie was probably correct in most of what he said, but um, or, or at least that um, Nick Berry had a bad game. 
Um, yes. So, uh, so I think there's, there's a slight difference, I guess, of, of uh, saying that World Rugby followed their processes and have and have, have done what is correct according to those, as opposed to sort of not not supporting Razzie, as it were. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm being a little bit, I was being a little bit facetious. I mean, it is good to have someone, <laughs> someone come out, you know, with with a little bit of, um, with some some balance. You know, I think that yeah. that's something that I found a bit disappointing with the media over there. Um, it, it's been a little bit, uh, uh, you know, I'd say you, the blind support would be the um, would be my take on it. And uh, I think, um, you know, it just even even an admission that. Um, uh, or, or a comment from the media on the fact that the the case against him uh, was pretty clear, and the the way that they followed the process, as Nick Mallett said, uh, was um, uh, you know means that he was probably guilty. It would be great to have someone come out over there and say that you know we don't like our uh, key people in in rugby, um, you know. Uh, doing that type of activity, considering how, I'd say the, the thing that I was thinking about over the weekend, just in seeing lots of comments online, was how scathing the South African media and fans were about Gatlin's comments when he made them, you know. So to go from being absolutely scathing about his comments, which were minor compared to Razzie's, to then lumping their weight behind Razzie and not going, well, it's an eye for an eye or whatever, uh, is a little bit, uh, I guess, one-eyed. No pun intended. But anyway, I think we've probably talked a bit about that. And if you want to hear more about our views, um, go where Paul said. And uh, yeah, don't forget, yeah, obviously, the media is was playing to their audience, um, as you'd expect, that's because true. that's how you pay the bills, is uh, if you uh, uh, advertisers aren't uh, are looking for eyeballs and, uh, if, uh, and, and they're looking for eyeballs. So at the end of the day, um, the uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, say, so go, go check that out. On that one, it's not surprising, as I say, or overly surprising how the, how the South African media um, have uh, taken it on. Um, so then, uh, coming to the uh, end of um, the international season, uh, and look, there seems to be pretty much a, a um, agreement amongst New Zealand uh, sort of media and rugby groups that uh, that it's been a failure of a season, and uh, some people have been uh, found it. Um, Strange that uh, our head coach has been nominated for um, Coach of the Year by World Rugby in their World Rugby Awards. Um, uh, what's uh, how do you see the the, uh, the the All Black season as a whole has gone? I think with a little bit of time to sort of um, get over sounds a little bit like I was you know mourning, but um, <clears throat> to kind of evaluate the season after after a disappointing weekend followed by another disappointing weekend i i think it is a a slight failure no actually probably the better way to describe it is i think it's a i think overall mo against compared to most countries it's actually it is actually a successful season but compared to the standards the all blacks have seen in the last 10 years it is a very poor season um and on balance considering now rebuilding everything i would say it is a marginal failure you know not an absolute catastrophe uh, but a but a um, it, it's it's the nature of the losses I think that were the most uh, disappointing. I think if we had if the Irish game and the the French game were a lot closer on the scoreboard, um, it would have felt a bit better. But we were comfortably beaten in those by those teams. If they were a little bit more like the second South African game. 
which was a you know we so could you, have won you, it. So you managed to tiptoe your way around falling into the trap I was setting it, um, which was uh, if we look at the, uh, the, the the tier one nations and uh, their records this year, um, you can see that that uh, New Zealand won more games than anybody else um, at say uh, win ratio um, higher or as high as anybody else. With Ireland, the only people anywhere near um, really. Uh, England um, 10 10 percent behind um, and uh, going backwards um, below that uh, somebody might say look how can all the teams bar the last two um, have over 50 percent success rate because obviously we include the uh, tier two games um, as well have uh, have been in, included um, in here so um so yeah so from that point of view look it's 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 kind of interesting that a bad season for New Zealand is would be considered by just just about any well or by any other nation as being a good season um, for them. So, yeah, funny from from that point of view, as I think kind of the expectations that that, uh, that the public have. That's right, Paul. And I, and I think if you were to, it's quite difficult to compare with um, the Northern Hemisphere and just the what I mean by that is our season doesn't necessarily match up with their season, um, but. If you take um, if you take uh, if you compare us to South Africa and Australia, which are, which we probably should compare ourselves against, I think we can safely say that our year was better than Australia's, who who got off to a real flyer in the rugby championship and then you know have have really had a hard hard time of it, and we can talk about that a little bit later. If if we on the other side compare us to South Africa, and what I would say is that what I what I tend to see um, coming out of the Republic is is a uh, kind of on the slightly on the other side of the fence from us. They are not raving about their year, but they're generally positive, as opposed to ours as being generally negative, uh, slightly negative, slightly positive. And I think if you if you exclude the Lions tour for for a second, and if you were to compare us with South Africa, I think our years have been quite similar. They lost two to Australia and then one to us, and then they lost a game to England. The end of year series of the two two nations is probably quite similar. We had four games, uh, one very easy game, and then one which was on the easy side, which was Wales, and then two difficult ones, whereas South Africa had... Um, they obviously had uh, a game against Wales as well, and then a probably slightly easier one against uh, Scotland, which wasn't didn't come out too easy because Scotland are playing too well, and then a very difficult one against England. So I'd say they're, they're comparable, <coughs> considering if, if we take out the um, the the Lions tour uh, where they went two one, um, you know, South Africa lost one one more game against against top tier opposition than than us. Um, so. Generally, one could argue that we had a slightly better rate than South Africa. However, I think um, you know us beating either France or Ireland would have meant a marginally successful year, um, kind of like South Africa. They only lost one game at the end of the year. We lost two, and that's probably all there is to it. Yep. Um, a couple of comments in the uh, the live chat is that uh, yeah, the trend over uh, is, is is what's worrying him as a trend over the last few years, and and. Uh, it's 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 difficult to necessarily have trends when you've had two COVID disrupted seasons. So, kind of, what is 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 there really a trend, or how much is is, is down to that? Um, then uh, um, uh, the um, uh, Craig goes, Paul, our forward play is years behind, in my opinion. Now, I wouldn't say the forward plays years behind, or the forward players are years behind. Um, I would just say that uh, this current. 
uh, if you if you, li- if you listen to Boa, he'll he'll tell you how World Rugby is trying to speed up the ruck um, and speed up the game. Um, but um, one of the um, the um, and what uh, the All Blacks head, um, coaches have gone and done this. So, okay, so if we're doing it, if, if that's how it's going to be refereed, then this is how we need to play. But um, as Nocturnal Wright says, the All Blacks have abandoned the ruck, um, and uh, that is. Uh, and, and that is that is because how they're expecting it to be played now. And oh, so expecting to be refereed, but it's not being refereed that way. Um, and uh, other teams are um, and uh, are kind of uh, challenging the ruck and being allowed to by the referees because um, and in which case it's legal, which is all fine. Uh, but the All Blacks just haven't adapted to that or responded to that, um, and that's led them into this situation that they're in that if or where. Where teams who blitz them and get up, get up in their face really do cause the um, All Blacks problems, uh, especially when they manage to slow the ball down. The All Blacks try and play the same way, whether they've got quick ball or slow ball, uh, and that just does not work. It works when you got quick ball; it doesn't when you got slow ball because the defence is set. So, um, works very well against Australia and the Pacific Island teams, probably Japan and the USA, of course. So, well, yep. excluding the weaker teams, no offence to those teams, such as um, the Tier 2 nations, I'd say uh, it definitely works against Australia. In a way, France didn't contest the breakdown nearly as much as Ireland did. You know, they didn't disrupt us. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and and I found that to be interesting. They were playing a slightly faster-paced paced game. Uh, they did... They did have us, particularly in the first half in that, but it wasn't nearly as bad as um, we struggled against South Africa and Ireland, I thought, uh, with regards to um, just just completely blowing that part of the game. Yep, um, and uh, sorry, folks, if I sort of froze there for a bit. Um, it's like my, my connection is a bit, a bit up and down tonight. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been that rush defence. Is You've got to play it. You've basically got to get your, get your forwards over that game line, play at pace, um, uh, sorry, get, get quick ball, sorry, um, before you go wide. If you try going wide, in, out to the backs and playing off 10 against rush defence, you're in trouble with slow ball. Um, and hence, that's um, that's uh, that, that's part of it. Yeah, also, right, um, yeah, turnovers being a big thing, or interception passes a big thing for Australia this year. They're a problem for them. Um, and that helped, um, obviously, New Zealand for that one um, there. Um, the... Uh, and let's basketball star isn't going to cut it at the moment. I think it will it, basketball will cut it if you get quick ball and you get out and you get your forwards over that game line in the first place. Um, then you can, but you've got to get that first, otherwise, um, yeah, it's actually and, uh, it, it definitely isn't going to work. The problem is not the basketball style rugby, and this is you know, no disrespect to your comments, um, Craig. I, I think I understand what you're saying as far as potentially prioritizing that or assuming that that will win the game. I think, I think, um our, uh, you know, we did very well this year, including against teams such as uh, France and South Africa and even Ireland, when uh, we, at finding space and finding attacking opportunities, particularly particularly counter-attacking opportunities, not as much as in some previous years and certainly not as much against Australia, but I think uh, generally... um, we held onto the ball pretty well. Our handling skills were good, and, and some of those tries that we saw, uh, the, the try that Artie Savaya scored um, against South Africa, and uh, you know Will Jordan try against Ireland were pretty incredible. And I think uh, you know it's not you know sometimes we in in the, in the tries against Ireland we created something out of nothing, and I think that's something that the all uh, the All Blacks can do. 
it is our upfront uh, our breakdown scrum line out that needs to improve to, to allow us to actually not lose the game in those areas despite our feats of you know brilliance that we sometimes have in the back line and in the counter-attack. So yep, so again, so yeah, congratulations to France. Definitely deserved to beat um it was a great match. Uh to to to, to, to beat to beat um the uh to, to beat New Zealand, the All Blacks. Um and uh, only the fourth time in history that the All Blacks have lost three games in a calendar year. And we should also remember that um this is only the second time in history that the All Blacks have ever played 15 test matches in a year. This is the most test matches they have ever played. So um so yes. Uh, Third time in history more games you play, the more you lose. Sorry, only three games in a calendar year. Did you uh, say? Only the fourth time, yeah. Fourth now, time. Um, the uh, so I saw them listed. Now it might be the fourth time in, in, in during professional era or something along yeah, those sort of lines. Um, and it, I think it's obviously will only be test matches um, rather than um, uh, rather than sort of the rather than tour matches. But um, so yes, but in in recent times at least, it's it's yeah. It's, it's, the reason I say that is I recall I recall listening to a stat. Um, there is a I wouldn't say it's infamous because I'm not sure how many people know about it. But um, did you know, Paul? Did you? This is a did you know? <laughs> um, did you know that uh, there is a day in All Blacks history where we lost twice on the same day? Yes, and this I is do. not Stevens All Women's Year. So. Um, uh, I don't know the full facts of that, but I'll have a pop and you can correct me. Um, we uh, we lost to South Africa over in South Africa and then our baby blacks, which we thought were, were pretty good, uh, also lost to Australia and, and what was a pretty rare loss to them. And uh, it was in the same uh, calendar day. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I wonder if we lost three games that season too, Paul. I'd imagine we, we might have. And we used to go to South Africa and get bullied, you know, two or three games um, on tour sometimes um, when, you know, it was very difficult to win over there. Yeah, so you, you're quite right. I, I think it is in recent memory then um, on, uh, on, on that one. Because um, 1998 or 97, we lost four in a row. And then uh, 2009, we lost three to South Africa in one year. In, um, in in yeah, back when they were playing amazingly. So those it might be those three in the professional era. 1998, I think it was when we lost to Bezlo, and then 2009, and then this year, which is disappointing. Uh, the, they they were always against different teams for three games. So um, so that's uh, that we were. Oh, so, so you're saying three different opponents. Oh, maybe that is it, then. but yes, um, yeah. and the Springboks and um, uh, were and um, Australia were in most of, the, of those ones, but anyway, it's by the by, uh, so the Springboks and France thing were involved in nearly all of them, uh, every year, anyway. Um, some comments about some of Sony in the chat, yeah, I mean, fantastic guy, uh, players come, come through really, really well, uh, is um, showing that his style of game at, at uh, the international level is, 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 is perfect, um. Someone who um, I was on the conference call that, um, or the the Zoom meeting that uh, the Chiefs set up on Monday about their Super Rugby um, squad, uh, and Clayton let slip that Somersoni had actually uh, turned down offers to go overseas uh, to stick around and uh, fight it out for um, uh, All Blacks contention. And uh, wow, boy oh boy, what a what a fantastic call um, that was by him um, to do so because yeah, he is he could very easily be coming. Uh, uh, getting himself into that first, well, he's, he's definitely in the match day twenty-three, in my opinion, 
um, first choice. Whether he makes it into the first choice uh, 15, we'll have to wait and uh, have to wait and see on um, on that one. Let's just run through the uh, rest of the stuff that happened this weekend then. So Italy beat Uruguay, no big surprise there, 17-10. Scotland saw Japan, 29-20. That uh, was a very close game there, Italy versus Uruguay one, Paul. Um, very close. They Uruguay were on Italy's line five minutes after the 80th, three or three or four minutes after the 80th, threatening to score. And I can't remember if it was a penalty or a knock-on. or No, it was a turnover, actually. And so that would have been a, and it was right in front of the post too. So it could have very easily been a first Uruguay draw, um, which would have made history. But sorry, continue, mate. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's right. Um, Scotland beat Japan twenty to twenty nine to twenty. Sorry, um, Japan's a bit of a tough uh, old um, uh, Northern Hemisphere tour, haven't they? Let's be honest. Um, losing, uh, oh, they beat Portugal, but lost to Ireland uh, and Australia. So it's not been a great window for them. Um, Scotland, their best, on the other hand, their best. Um, Japan's best effort, though, was on the weekend against Scotland. Compared, they've had a pretty, yeah, they've had blowouts, and so that was a that was at least a, a except against Australia, which was you know quite close. Um, but this one was at least a, a respectable, uh, you know, effort. They got a bit close. Yeah, well, so they had one blowout, which is against Ireland. Um, the um, and it was Scotland, a blowout. It was, <laughs> it was true. Um, uh, Scotland, though, uh, beat Tonga, beat Australia narrowly. Uh, had a good game against South Africa, but came up short, 15-30, uh, and now beaten Japan. So I think it's, I think it's a step forward for, for Scotland uh, in this November window, heading in the right direction. Um, Georgia-Fiji, 15-all. Um, a draw in, uh, in that one. I think Fiji will be disappointed with that. Um, I thought they would beat, uh, beat Georgia, to be honest with you. Um, after uh, a decent game against, um, they should have beat uh, Wales. Wales. Yeah. Yep. Um, Romania beat Tonga thirty-two to twenty. Look, uh, I, that Fiji side room doesn't have the um, uh, Vern Cotter travelling with them, so it's not like their first choice coaching team, to be honest. Um, uh, same with Tonga; they're not uh, at full strength because of uh, obviously COVID and travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, England beat South Africa 27 to 26 uh, in that one. A uh, very tight game um, there. Uh, 18 penalties by England in that game. And I know that, um, uh, that we've had some uh, complaints by John. Uh, suggesting that they should have had more yellow cards. Um, but at the end of the I, day, uh, yeah. Go ahead, if, sorry. if Pollard had been kicking sticks, he'd have won the game. Put bluntly, but he just can't kick. Absolutely. Uh, look, if, if we could talk about this game, do you want to talk about this game now briefly? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very good game. I actually got up for it um, and I was pumping for it actually because I was, you know, really looking forward to these two teams are in incredible form. Um, and I think, uh, that, you know, in spite of the fact that we got hammered by Ireland, I do think that the, the, the top four teams in the world were playing back to back. And you could argue that Ireland should be in there. Um, but uh, I think maybe they do. They are. But um, it was it was a great game. When the when the yellow card came out, um, I was surprised initially because the penalties weren't clustered. You know, you know when you, a yellow card usually comes out on the line, two or three infringements, similar penalties. They weren't clustered together. They were you know tended to be quite um, quite uh, uh, stretched out. And so when the yellow card came out, and the, the ref said. Um, 
you know, too many penalties. I went, oh, shit, has there been that many penalties? I didn't realise while I was watching it just how many penalties England were infringing on. It was They were quite stretched out. Um, but it was a... I think England, um, they, they didn't go into their shell. They played the game... Uh, that they needed to against South Africa. They took risks and, you know, that try to, um, what's his name, Quirky? Corky? Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, was a really, you know, was a big reason why they won that game. That was a, you know, great, great play, uh, cut through. Uh, you know, Springboks were targeting, um, who's the young fella? I forget his name. Um, Marcus Smith. Marcus, yeah, Marcus Smith, who who had a who really solid game. Uh, they were targeting him and uh, and left left this guy open, and it was a great try. Um, yeah, it could have been a Springboks win easily. Um, on the other hand, the uh, the penalty at the end was a double penalty because um, Stain came flying in and kicked the guy in the head. Well, it looked like that, or he did something like that. I think it was a kick in the head um, or kneeled on him. And, I, I would say uh, I would say more knees in the back, in which case, which which, yeah, I think he could have easily picked up a yellow card for that one. Yeah, I was um, surprised he so. wasn't actually. I was surprised he wasn't, but I mean, it was a done deal by then. So I mean, maybe the ref just wanted to avoid the the problem there. But I, I did think, um, yeah, it was lenient. LB, I, th- I think though, in context of the game being, as I said before, I do think so. Just for the listener not the viewer, if there's any podcast listeners, LB's just said uh, one yellow in 18 cards is lenient at best. And I agree. Whilst watching, though, uh, I think that I think when the when the when the penalties, um, sorry, one yellow for 18 penalties, I'm sure it means um, uh, when the penalties are spread out, I think it does tend to mean that the yellow cards don't come out as quickly. Um, they also yeah, they also yeah. weren't all in the 22 either. They were quite a long way no, out. No, so, yeah, I think so the, yeah. Interestingly, I think the yellow card, when it came out, was after a reasonable gap in penalties and it was in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, I was, um, yeah. 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 Um, you watched the game, obviously, Paul, being a big England supporter. Uh, I did watch it live. I watched the recording. Well, I watched about 50 minutes and then I watched the highlights to make sure I caught the rest of it um, okay. on that one because I was running out of time today before before the show. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, some some, some new players um, uh, in, in, in there um, is the uh, Stuart fullback has had, has had a cracking, uh, I think Stuart, uh, uh, introduction to rugby, which I think was uh, or international rugby, so I've been very impressed um, with um, uh, with with him. Um, the um, uh, the and uh, I think uh, this would probably uh, show the strength of having uh, Henry Slade in the side because he has got such a long pass off his left hand in particular, but he can he's got some great passing, uh, which is what opened up um, the uh, the spring box a couple of times. Is that it was was that he can. Um, was being able to get that ball wide accurately and quickly, even with the rush defence. Um, they're standing in that twelve in that sort of twelve channel. Um, a shame to see Manu um, pull up with an injury again. Um, I mean, Over the line, though, if you're going to get an injury at the three minutes into the game, you do it scoring a try. Well, true, um, but it does show that yeah, he's played his two games this year that he's allowed to play before his, his body breaks down. Um, he twelve months off. Um, he looks trim though, doesn't he? Like he's just, he's just, you know, he, he's got the wing physique, um, which is really cool because he's always been a big guy. And I was, when I saw him, I was like, is that man too long? Shit, he looks, he looks trim. He, does, he, does, he was still playing in the centres uh, this, this this weekend. I'm not a fan of him out wide on, on the whole, but I must admit, I've not seen much of him play recently. Um, 
the uh, yeah, I mean Pollard to, from, from South African point of view looked good. Um, Pollard really let them down, um, to be honest with you. Uh, and um, but uh, I can see LB's comment there that uh, Delendi didn't trust Elton Yanchi's defence. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's perhaps the one the one area of weakness in the South African team at the moment is who is their um, uh, who is their ten. Um, because yeah, I, I think that's perhaps the, the one area that South Africa could um, have 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 a little uh, do like depth everywhere else on the pitch. They've got some fantastic players and plenty of players to come in as well. Um, but that to me, they're they're, they're perhaps a, they're slight Achilles heel at um, uh, at the moment. Um, so England will be obviously be happy with their um, uh, with their November campaign, um, having picked up. Um, wins over Tonga, Australia, uh, and South Africa um, to uh, uh, to finish up with seven and three uh, from their um, from, from their year. The Springboks look having beaten the All Blacks and also and got sort of a one all against the All Blacks and picked up the Lions series. Um, you've got to say that uh, uh, the Springboks should be happy with their season. Um, sure, they've had five losses, but when you think that they lost by just a single point. Um, to uh, to England, um, their um, their loss to um, uh, to New Zealand was only by two points. Sure, the women's only ran by two points as well. Um, that first game against Australia, they lost by two points again. So uh, um, most of their losses have been within a score. Um, yeah, and although a lot so, of their wins, their wins generally have also been pretty tight as well. I, look, I, I'd say South Africa should be shouldn't be too disappointed with their effort on England uh, against England. I think. LB just said, you know, weren't playing their best. I, I thought South Africa played pretty well. I, I do think they missed their points, but, um, you know, I think both teams actually played uh, well. Uh, you know, England were missing some players. South Africa also missing some players. So, um, but over the year, South Africa, I think they should be pleased with the year. I think the win percentage is a bit uh, tough considering the opposition they've played against. Um, they they did have a lot of tight wins, you know. <laughs> there was... There's, there's a, a parallel universe in which South Africa win 12 of their games, you know, because they, or probably 13, um, uh, because they just, the, the games that they lost uh, were, sorry, not 13, 12, 11 or 12 games, because they the losses were close. Uh, on the other hand, you know, tight win against Wales that they very, really could have potentially lost, um, you know, tight, tight loss against... Uh, uh, tight win against New Zealand, of course. Um, so uh, yeah, they they and then the the Scotland game was a little bit closer, particularly for 50, 60 minutes. You know, they didn't put them away, I'd say. And then obviously the Lions games um, were very tight, uh, particularly the, the the third game. So um, yeah, they they certainly weren't putting them away, but I think overall their season, um, you know, has been pretty good. Yep, should be pleased. Um, yeah, I think they're a good place. I mean, obviously. Um, Newlands um, getting on a bit. Can he keep going all the way through every World Cup? I know he's trying to. Um, he was thinking about retiring after the Lions, I think, but uh, got talked out of it. Um, and, and I say, I think a search on for it for a number nine, for, sorry, for a number ten um, is an area that they that mm. they need to look at. Um, there's going to be a, there's got to be, an, you know, sorry, Paul. Um, I don't know enough about the the people coming through in South Africa rugby because we just haven't seen them much this year. Um, but uh, I'd imagine that the, the drop-off uh, in retiring or, or, or departing players after the coming World Cup will be will be pretty significant for, for South Africa. Um, 
and it would be smart for them to blood some new players next year, uh, even though they might see that as a, even though they have they have, pl- they have players. If you take France, you know, the, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. The average age of teams, Paul, you might have some stats, but the average age of the French team is 25. I mean, that's incredible for not just for this coming World Cup, but for next World Cup and potentially those, some of those players will be able to play in the World Cup and, you know, Eight years time potentially, um, or a lot of them will. Um, ten, but uh, ten years time. Ten years, ten. Oh, that'll be tough. But you never know. The average age means twenty five, so that means a good a good bunch of them are under twenty five. Um, but yeah, uh, it's um, that's one thing that I'd say is a concern. It's not a concern for this World Cup, um, but I would love to see some more fresh, uh, you know, um, you know, bot players uh, that are coming through. I think just without our exposure to the um, Super Rugby, I'm not going to see them as much. Um, but uh, I know that a lot of their good players playing playing in the non URC Europe games and uh, Europe teams anyway. Yeah, I like the guy. So the, the only position I've got any concern about the about the box is at ten. Ever ever else they've, they've got depth and they've got other guys coming through. Um, so yeah, so perfectly happy with that. Um, France actually, yeah, also um, Wales. So Wales beat Australia twenty nine to uh, twenty eight. Um, a couple of controversial calls in this one. Um, uh, so teams playing against Wales seem to always pick up red cards. That's five red cards now um, in 12 games uh, for teams That's playing incredible. against Wales, uh, which is a massive number, obviously. It's incredible. Um, two in the Six Nations. Argentina gave one up. Uh, Fiji did, and now Australia as well. And look, it was a red card, so no, no, uh, no, no problems with the uh, with the call there. But that must be some kind of record. Um, there Australia are probably the team on the flip side that are getting the reds because if I'm wrong, they've at least had three this season. Is that right? And they tend to have them early in the game. So they had uh, Australia uh, tend to be the ones that the the team that continues to, to receive red cards, uh, particularly the beginning of the game. Uh, They obviously suffered one five minutes into the French third game. Yeah. I remember that one. And they went on to win. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Feeling it might have been another one, but it was later in the game. Although I could be mistaken. Um, yeah, I think the I, I think a lot of I saw a lot of Australians blowing up about that red, and I think it is one. And I think even Australian fans will admit um, that is a red. I think they don't they're complaining about the fact that it's red, not the decision. Um, about they're complaining about the law, um, but. Uh, Australia continuously are tackling too high, and yep. um, it's just it just keeps getting them into trouble. And you can you know a lot of the reds they're not like your traditional swinging arm to the head or, or shoulder charging. Although um, Kuradrani or whoever it was at the beginning of the year it was that um, this was a little bit unlucky, but it is dangerous. And so they just they just need to get lower. I think it's a real problem in that team. Well, uh, you said head, head clashes are a big problem. Therefore, the tackler has got to get down and get his head away from the other person's head. Pretty simple. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. Red, red, red all day long. No worries. Um, knock-ons. Yes, Curtly Beals was a yellow. Sorry, but if you're going to put, if you're going to wave your hand around, uh, so if you're going to go for a long time now, if you're tackling and your hand gets into the passing line and you knock the ball on, it's a penalty, right? So it's a penalty. Was he the last defender? Yes, he was. There was so there was a, so so he stopped to break. So he stopped to clean break. Therefore, it's yellow. Was it a penalty try? No, they were covering defenders. Um, now, all of you are saying, "Oh, look, he was tackling. It was unlucky." Sorry, if you're going to put your hand in that tack in that passing lane as part of a tackle, uh, then that's what happens. It, it's been called blown that way um, for a long time now. So, no problem with the. Um, look, I've with that, personally, so with that well, I'm, I'm not in complete agreement with you on that one. I need to have another look at it, but but I think in in slow motion, his um, yes. It was swinging in um, potentially, and he was putting it out there. But in in full speed, it's very difficult to to um, to to both knock the ball, touch the reach out and touch the ball, and also do a do a good tackle at the same time. I think uh, in slow motion, it kind of looked like he clipped the ball and then came around and, and wrapped afterwards. Um, I, I think it was a little bit. <laughs> Nice one, Simon. I think it was a little bit tough, um, but uh, but you know I do understand um, that uh, you know it, it, it was a bit marginal for me, but I thought he it was on it was on the um, the tough side. So as soon as it's penal- look, if it's a penalty, it's it's a, it's a yellow. It's either it's either nothing or a yellow card. It's nothing. It can't just be a penalty. Um, so it's either a, um, so or, or it has to be a scrum well, or have- a yellow card. The refs um, have said, I think Bowden Barrett got a um, got a penalty only against uh, ooh, who was it? I'm not sure. It was a team uh, recently, and uh, it was deemed that it was you know unintentional or something like that. That's um, fine. But the the, the point here is he was the last defender, and there was a clean break on. So it's a yellow card for stopping the clean break. So it's either a yellow card or a scrum for an accidental knock on. It's not a there's there's nothing in between. It can't just be a penalty. The laws just don't allow that because the clean break is he hasn't got 
he hasn't got the um the, the yellow card isn't for the deliberate knockdown the yellow card is because he stopped he stopped the clean break on the outside yeah yeah and, um, and i guess so, I, yeah. I i um, think there's there is the there is the ability for the ref to and they do bring it in that you know it does, doesn't have it in the law to to, to take a a um you know, to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, or, or, or whatever you want to call it, and um, you know, say so it's not it's not clear that it was a intentional anyway, we're moving lockdown, on. that kind of thing. Yeah. We're moving on. Um, the the ah um, oh, the Tomkins knockdown, right then. So again, he knocks it down. Everyone stops, and he runs in for a try because the referee says it goes backwards. And I know nine times out or ninety nine times in hundred, if you touch the ball in front of you like that, it goes forwards. But he got lucky. His, his palm was facing backwards. It was pushing it backwards. Um, so he did go backwards. And, yeah, that's fine. I've seen people on Twitter going, World Rugby, clarify if it's knocked down but doesn't go forwards. Is that allowed? Yes, it is allowed as long as it doesn't yeah. go forwards. And it did it go didn't. back. Now, really most times the referee would blow that up and just say a student went forwards. Yes, they got it. it was, uh, it's very rare the referee will call it that way. But he did and yeah, right. I think actually the, the the thing here, which hopefully teams will learn from, is um, and probably the same with the previous week with Will Jordan, is the Australian players put their hands up and they could have grabbed him. That, that there was it was a very clear they actually stopped playing. So yep. the two there was Kutley Beal and another fella. There was a guy who was well within his ability to actually tackle the guy. Instead, uh, he he called for the penalty rather than grabbing him, and I think that was actually what Australians should also be annoyed about, because when you saw the replays, unfortunately, I don't agree with Dave Rennie. I think they do they they're very unlucky, Australia, but uh, it went back. Yep, it, it did. I mean, I say most times the referee will just call that or blow it straight away, but yep. um, there you go. It, it is what it is, um, and uh, so. Yeah, Wales got lucky <laughs> in this one. Yeah, say so their fifth red card, um, uh, seven wins, five of those including red cards. Well, there you go. Um, Australia are very right. good at playing with fourteen men. Like they almost, yep. you know, the game against France, the game against Wales, where they should have, you know, could have had that win, uh, if not for a penalty after the death. You know, they're not bad with fourteen players. Um, sometimes better than they are with fifteen players. To be honest, it was their best game of the of the end of year tour. Yep. Now, look, as someone pointed out in the comments a while back, and I've lost it now because it scrolled past, there's too much, so much chat going on. Uh, look, Australia are missing a whole bunch of players. Let's be honest. Absolutely. They aren't the same side that won the rugby championship. Uh, they've got a bunch of players in Japan who didn't travel, and they've got other players who are injured as well. So it's been a tough a tough time um, for, um, for, for for the Wallabies uh, in that when you're trying to say two players in Japan, but I'm pretty sure it's three. No, no, second um, to the rugby championship, not one. Uh, second to the rugby championship. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, okay. They had a good rugby championship. You're quite right. Yeah, second rugby very good rugby championship. Um, Smoked the, um, so yeah. So that's so things are in the right direction for them. Wales, uh, we have to wait and see. Yes, they are Six Nations champions, but it was the Jam Slam and yeah, Jam Robin Slam. Absolutely coined yeah. by the Attacking Scrum podcast. Fan of, I'm a fan of theirs. Do, I do yeah. watch it, so that's good. Um, rushing through France as we knew, bunch of young players on the way up. Great team. Uh, looking forward to seeing them play in the future. We talked about the All Blacks at the beginning. I didn't think they had it in them, to be honest, Paul. Just wanted to say, uh, based on after about ten minutes, I obviously did. But um, you know, they they didn't have a convincing they didn't have convincing matches prior to the game against the All Blacks. You know, mm-hmm. the wow the the um, 
the game against Argentina was extremely tight, and Argentina have had a very difficult year, and the game against Georgia wasn't that convincing either. So, um, you know, France did step it up, and I think they, after seeing the the highlights of those games, I thought we were going to give France, you know, I think we, I thought we were going to beat them. So um, good on them for proving us wrong and showing how good they are coming up to their World Cup. Yep. Um, Ireland, wow. Where has this come from? Their last two games, they, they, they have suddenly, things have clicked in this window um, for them. Now, look, they've got a new, a new head coach in um, Farrell since the Rugby World Cup. He's not had much time with them because of COVID, blah, blah, blah. They didn't have a convincing Six Nations. Um, look, um, losing to France, 13-15. Um, losing to Wales, 21-16. Red card in that match. Card. Um, uh, so their Scotland game, 24-27. And then they come into, and they beat England 32-18, but they then come into this one. Um, Ireland, uh, they beat Japan 60-5. New Zealand 29-20. And it should have been a lot more than that. They were way, way, that, that, that scoreline flatters the All Blacks. And then they beat Argentina 53-7. Wow. This team, suddenly they are, they're humming. They are over-reliant on Sexton, unfortunately, for them. Um, so uh, Carberry needs some more time. And he did get to start against um, uh, against Argentina, to be fair. Um, but um, uh, I, do, I still think they're a bit over over reliant on Sexton. Carberry needs more time in the in there, uh, but they're heading in the right direction. Argentina, well, geez, three wins, a draw, and eight losses. Um, this is what happens when you don't have have your team together much, uh, and they're yeah. pulling in men from everywhere. You've got so, to feel yeah. bad for them. They also play against very tough opposition. You know, they don't have, they don't, you know, New Zealand and England and Ireland, you know, we all get a lot of big warm, a lot of warm up games against the likes of Tonga and Fiji and Japan and the USA and, um, and, uh, you know, Argentina tend to have to probably play to those other teams' schedules. Uh, and, um, you know, most of the games were top tier, you know, very tough. Um, I should actually go back and have a look at all those uh, those twelve games, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't any games that were against opposition. Uh, I think maybe they played against um, Uruguay uh, they, they, at some point. They played Georgia at the beginning of the year. Okay. Uh, sorry, Romania at the beginning, of, not Georgia. Before games, played Wales a couple of times. They had those um, games, obviously, the rugby championship against South Africa, New Zealand, and Australia, and then it's been France, Italy, and Ireland. Um, in uh, to finish, so as you say, yeah, just that one game against tier two opposition, very um, difficult being um, being Romania. So, look, it's been a tough season for them, um, but uh, I think they'll cut they'll be better in 2023 when they've got time ahead of the Rugby World Cup to be together, just like we saw last year when they were together for six months ahead of the Rugby Championship. They played really well this time when they're playing for their clubs, having to travel backwards and forwards, um, to Europe. It's not going to, it's, it's, it's going to work, um, a lot, um, a lot harder. So Yep, we'll um, we'll have to. I think they'll have a poor year next year, but before coming better, come um, Rugby World Cup. That's international rugby. It's out of the way. It's done. It's dusted. End of the season. We can lay back, take the take the next few months off, and uh, wait for Super Rugby. Oh, that's right. Except think... we've already had Super Rugby news this week, straight away with the announcement of the squads. Did you uh, get to have a look at the squads? Only a little bit, actually, Paul. It was part of my homework before tonight that I didn't get to because I was cooking dinner. Um, but uh, but I um, I did, uh, you know, we've obviously been looking at uh, Moana Pacifica uh, throughout the last um, few months, which has been really cool to see their team form. Um, yeah. 
and uh, I paid a little bit of attention to the to the Crusaders team as well. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's you know I I do this thing where I get to the end of Super Rugby and it finishes, and I think um, I'm not going to be looking forward to Super Rugby for a while. And that's because you know you get you're pumped up for um, for international rugby, and then also in, when we're in the autumn internationals, I'm kind of thinking, oh, Super Rugby can't top this. But then you know you start to, earlier than I because perhaps when I was first uh, not first getting into rugby, but when I was um, probably first really getting into Super Rugby, um, I probably didn't pay attention to anything until the kickoff of the first game, but given the way that the competition is a bit more competitive and more, more, more interesting at the outset, I'm really looking forward to this year's Super Rugby, I have to say. Yeah, so I was on SENZ last night for 45 minutes on um, Ricardo's show there, um, uh, something extra timing it's called, um, and you can catch the podcast on that one. I retweeted it, so go on, look at um, at Driving Mall if you want to go listen to my uh, my 45-minute chat with Ricardo, uh, going through all the um, five squads plus somebody from the rugby mag guy. So I don't know. Anyway, um, clearly my comments are much better than his. Let's be honest. Um, the um, so so go listen to that because obviously we haven't got time tonight to go through them in uh, in detail. But um, you got to say again that the uh, the the, um, the Crusaders um, a stacked team. Their main problem, I think, is going to be number ten, uh, number ten yep. jersey with Rich Mwanga expecting to take six weeks off. Six um, weeks is it? Paul, okay. Something like that um, at the beginning of the season. Now he'll be back for the for the pointy end. And let's be honest, all these New Zealand teams are going to make the top eight. So do, does the regular season really matter? Yes, if you want home field advantage. No, if you just want to make the finals. So um, from that point of view, um, you got to say that that's uh, that's that's uh, a bit of a problem there. Jack Goodhue could have potentially missed the first eleven rounds. I've been reading. So again, uh, midfield problems potentially for. The uh, Crusaders, like they had last year, last year um, they didn't have any recognised midfielders. Basically, everyone was an outside back. They had really been a fullback, and then you had Fanganuku, who's a uh, obviously a winger by trade. Um, admittedly, Razor didn't appreciate me asking that question in the post match interview, and reckoned that Fergus Burke or someone was a, was a decent one. It's like really okay, um, if you think so, um, Razor. Um, the um, so, um, so yeah, also prop perhaps don't have the depth that they used to have. Yeah, um, it's been a very different off season for the Crusaders. Um, with uh, normally they have about four new players, now they've got like nine, I think it is this year. Yeah. Um, Huge. and of which three or four of them are from, are from outside the catchment area of uh, Canterbury and Tasman. So, again, that's unheard of. Triple T coming in, an interesting one there. Yeah. Um, and the public material as well, very interesting. Matera, yes, always good to go and get yourself a um, uh, a racist from overseas. Uh, good, good signing there. So, do you do you think do you think that he is going to come in as a? Is he coming in? You know, almost like a sabbatical for him to sort of learn the trade, or is he going to be a starting player, or or, or at least um, you know spend a lot of time? Uh, is he going to play every game, provided his fitness? Uh, it's going to come down to combination, doesn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. um, look, look uh, I, I don't know how good his English is. Being a captain, he's the only Argentinian um, player playing in New Zealand. Uh, although he's probably one of the better Argentinian players, it's just quite surprising that he's actually made it here. So, 
Yeah. Oh, look, it's very rare. I mean, obviously we had Hemipo um, down in uh, down with the Highlanders. So there's, there's, we, we've it's not um, totally from nowhere, but it, it is. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely a rare signing. But uh, uh, and I think a good move from him to come and test himself over here. To be honest, from a playing point of view. That's um, what I mean. Is it more for him than it is for um, for? Uh, uh, I would have the, thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, as Octana writes, says he is a, he is a world class player. It's going to come down to combinations. They won't yep. throw him in straight away, but he'll play his way in. I'd guess. I'd have thought so. Yep. Um, so I'm saying, for, um, funny that Triple T played for two Mighty Ten Cup teams this year. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Um, Waikato ended up having two injuries and basically had no. Uh, only had one nine left, so they had to find themselves a nine who could uh, sub in. Uh, as basically Waikato being locked down, none of the players they couldn't get one from their own area because basically no one had been outside their house, um, and hence they uh, got someone from um, from Bay of Plenty um, where they had been uh, camping out um, there. So yeah, it's uh, um, yeah, a strange one, but um, yeah, well done to him for getting a, a winners' medal by just playing one game for Waikato <laughs> in the final. Um, so that's the Crusaders. Oh, they're going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? Looking at the Chiefs then, um, the uh, obviously Joshuani coming in. Um, we had, had a bit of a spark at 10. Uh, losing Damon McKenzie to Japan for a season. Um, so uh, uh, can can Caleb Trask or um, Chase Tiatia really make it up from fullback? So to cover the loss of DMAC, there's got to be a question. Um, apart from that, Look, um, decent number of players all over the pitch, and they got um, uh, f- uh, three players with the uh, All Blacks currently um, in in Josh Lord, Tupu Vaier, and um, uh, Brady Retallick. Sorry, three locks with the um, well, with the yeah, All Blacks. That's true. Um, only five changes from last year makes them the most settled side in Super Rugby. I did ask Clayton if that meant they got a head start on everyone else. Um, and he said, uh, actually, it's a swings and roundabouts because having so many players away with the All Blacks means that they're not going to have those players until really the last minute yeah. before the season kicks off. So, yes and no. Um, yes, it's good because they're um, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're they're balanced, but no, because some of the players are going to come back late. Um, and the other question I asked him was, look, last year the Chiefs had nine injury replacements, uh, which is so about a third of your team, or, um, or uh, about or about twenty-five to thirty percent of the of the mm. players we will be watching in Super Rugby haven't been named yet. Um, so I asked him uh, with with Moana Pacifica, obviously hoovering up a bunch of uh, NPC talent, is it harder? Uh, is that going to be harder to replace players? And he said, "Yep, you're going to have your have your pipelines ready, but not just Moana Pacifica, but Major League Rugby in the USA is hoovering up a lot of players. So um, mm. it's becoming a bit of an issue that." Uh, is that the depth for some of these teams is going to be is is potentially an issue uh, this year and going forward? So, if you think that Japan and um, France and uh, England uh, they attract players who are basically Super Rugby quality, so your players like Ruru, who's going over is going to France. Um, you've got um, obviously Lamapi and Arso leaving uh, the Hurricanes to go overseas, whereas the Major League Rugby is taking those established NPC players who aren't quite good enough for Super Rugby. Um, so that it's a different catchment market of players um, that they're losing to um, to that. Um, I said last night the Chiefs would win. Ricardo said um, the Crusaders um, would win. 
and the other guy said the Blues would win. So I can't remember uh, as open a Super Rugby competition as this as this one coming up. I think something it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, and and um, you know I think a lot of people didn't back the Chiefs last year. I thought they were a bit of a dark horse, um, and they did you know had a, had a great season um, as a. Canterbury local and Crusaders fan, um, I wouldn't think it is the worst thing in the world for them not to win this comp. In fact, it, you know, I think I, I am a fan of um, teams. Uh, you know, I, 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 when we lost against England in the 2019 semi final, I actually said to my brother, I might have even said this on the podcast before. You know, this is pro- this is a good thing for world rugby, and it's probably a good thing for the All Blacks. Um, right now, it doesn't feel like that was the right thing um, for, for the All Blacks' point of view. But I think the Crusaders being on top does um, take away a little bit of the um, you know the fun from other teams. Now I know that the Crusaders didn't win uh, the Trans Tasman last year, but it was a bit of an unusual competition. Um, you know, the Blues or the Chiefs or any of the other teams winning uh, probably is good for the for keeping the comp interesting. Yeah, looking at the Blues, again, decent team with one hole at the moment, as far as I can see in their squad, which is number 12. Um, but that has a big RTS um, player yeah. to, to, to fill that gap. Going to be interesting. They've got an incredible team, don't they? Oh, it's a cracking team. Um, they're going to miss um, Patrick Tupelotu, um, but they've brought in Luke Romano to replace that experience. Um, now, that's going to be an interesting one because I mean, Luke Romano is going to play a lot more minutes than he's used to over the last few yeah. years. Um, he's He's been playing off the bench for the Crusaders. He ain't going to be playing off the bench for the Blues. Um, That's right. So we'll see if his body can hold up to that. Uh, RCS at 10 to be interesting between, obviously, uh, Bowden Barrett and uh, Rico mm-hmm. Wani. Um, so, look, he's got uh, all blacks outside, inside and outside him. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking at the talent they've got in their back three, I can't see him starting on the wing with players like Talia, Caleb Clark, They've got great wingers um, hanging around. So, uh, but they don't have anybody who plays twelve, apart from um, the other Talia, who basically is in the big battering ram um, and isn't much. Uh, so, um, so that's the Blues really. Then we head down south, and we uh, then we head down to, to 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 the other two teams that are going to be basically the also rams. I'm afraid um, the Hurricanes look. Lots of changes there, so it's going to take a while for them to gel. Um, they might have sorted out their engine room, um, but age might we'll have to see about that one. Um, their big problems, though, is in the halfbacks. TJ's back, which is good, but Jamie Booth still hasn't played a game of rugby. Uh, he played a couple of club games um, this year, and that's it. Uh, didn't play any MPC, so we're going to have to see how he comes back. And they've got rid of um, uh, Terame. To um, who's gone to the Mile Pacifica? So um, yeah, it's going to be, and uh, they don't really have. Well, they got a Garden Bishop, number ten, or Ruben Love, who's a fifteen. So some big question marks around the Hurricanes. I think next year. Um, and then finally the Highlanders, which um, look good until half the team is injured. Oh, and also Owen Frank's injured. The big signing for the Hurricanes, and he's out mm. already for the season. Um, the, uh, and then finally, yeah, um, the Highlanders, Perry Harry Parkinson injured, Billy Harmon also injured already. Um, will they have will they have will they have fifteen men still standing come come the season? Um, so hence that's one a bit down on the the Highlanders. But look, 
they'll play above the names on this team sheet as they always do. Yeah. But I, but I just can't see those two teams challenging the other three, to be honest. So you said earlier, um, uh, oh, sorry, just when the, um, the, the Canes have, yeah, they've brought in a lot of, you know, ex All Blacks, or at least a few from, uh, from Europe, which is really cool. Uh, hopefully that, that boosts them a bit. Um, but, uh, what, what was I going to say? Um, you said that all top five, top five teams, uh, the All Black, sorry, the New Zealand teams were going to make this, the semifinals of the, um, Quarterfinals. The Super Rugby Pacifica. All, all of them, right? Um, oh, the quarterfinals, yes. Quarterfinals, sorry, excuse me, of course, yes. Yep. Um, kind of two things at once, Paul. Uh, so if there was a team that was going to miss out, which team do you think it would be? Uh, it's, it's going to be one of those ones beginning with H, definitely. Um, <laughs> the um, uh, and, and it comes down to injuries, to be honest with you. Um, I think... Uh, and also, I mean, can Bryn Evans still play at 37? I mean, look, he, 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 um, he proved us all wrong this year, but he's going to have to try and do it again. So I'm a bit worried for, because um, I think Selby Ricketts also injured as well, isn't he? Is that right? Um, for the, um, the Highlanders. So the engine room's a problem for the Highlanders. You look at the Hurricanes. Oh, sorry, no, no. Selby Ricketts fine. Walker Leary's the one that's injured for the, for the Hurricanes. You look at the Hurricanes. There's, the question is how long they're going to gel, and if they lose... A halfback, they're in trouble. If they lose TJ, mm. they're they're gone. Um, uh, yeah, they just. Uh, I mean, Aiden Morgan. Really, do you want him running running your team? Um, they, so yeah, so I'm not. Um, yeah, uh, it, it comes down to injuries between those two as to who might not make it. Uh, and from and um, just very briefly on Moana Pacifica, they just don't have an engine room. They've got no locks. I'm afraid, yeah. folks. Um, so, uh, so that that's that's their real big area of uh, of, of, of weakness, and um, they've got no one with super heavy experience at all in those locks, unfortunately. Yeah, they they are. You know, we have to be. Um, I really hope the New Zealand public is, um, you know, gives them credit. You know, when they deserve getting on the field with a with a decent team. Uh, knowing that they, you know, a lot of the players that they probably that they have to wait out some contracts and they have, they need a bit more time to build the team that they probably ought to. Um, so, you know, this is no disrespect to them, but in in some ways it will be a bit of an interim, um, you know, starter team for them. And uh, you know, they'll they'll have a, a, a much better team, I'd say, in uh, in two years' time, two seasons' time. Yeah. Look. Both Moana Pacifica and the Fiji Indra struggled because it took so long to get their contracts confirmed, right? Yeah. They both missed out on players because of that. Um, now, look, Maybe Moana Pacifica had got a good squad, but the problem is just the, just, just the locking department. They're just short, I'm afraid. Um, something that I forgot to mention uh, on the international front is something a quick look forward to next year. Um and uh, this apparently is the touring, the tours that are happening in the um, July window. Scotland are off to Japan for three, sorry, Scotland are off to Argentina um, for three tests. England will play Fiji, followed by Australia for three tests. Ireland are over here in New Zealand for three tests, which is looking really spicy now. It's a great one. Yeah. 
Um, Wales head down to South Africa for three tests. France against Japan for three tests. A three-test wow. series in Japan. It's excellent. Um, I expect we'll see a similar squad as that uh, toured Australia. Australia. Um, so, so missing players from the uh, that, that make the final of the uh, top fourteen at least that first test, if not all three of them. Although um, last one... year, this year, sorry, Paul, am I right? I think the schedule for the top fourteen was pushed a little bit for COVID, so there was an overlap that there was not wouldn't usually be. And some of those um, players, uh, I could be wrong about that, but I understood that some of the unavailability was COVID caused. Yeah, but I think it was COVID more, more because it was caused by how long they had to quarantine rather yeah. than because the games actually overlapped. It's the top 14 quite often finishes the week before the uh, French first French yeah, test. Okay. So, and they quite often so depending on what's well. happening, they might be able to put in uh, their best team if they wanted to, but as you say, uh, they might not need to. Um, and then finally, Italy go to Canada, the USA, and Argentina. Um, that's because the um, Scotland starts their, their test series starts a week earlier than everyone else on the second uh, of July, which is so, so they'll have finished their three tests before allowing Italy to have one test against Argentina at the end there. So there you go, folks. That's um, what I've seen. It's not an official channel, but um, hey, it's out there. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll throw. It. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good rumor? Yeah, that will be. I'm looking forward to them. Uh, the games, I mean, sorry. Um, and the Six Nations, you know, that'll be cracking in the starting the 5th of February. I think it was a little bit later this year. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Six Nations. It'll be great. Now, Simon is suggesting that uh, Italy are going to Georgia and Romania instead of um, Canada and the USA. So, um, so it looks like we've got that one wrong. Um, so, uh, but look, great games for Georgia and Romania. It looks like, yeah, the USA and uh, Canada missing out um, and having a bit of a problem yeah that Canada especially but uh, uh, is yeah is is falling behind big time um so we'll have to uh, and the USA therefore is running out of people to play which is a big problem for them um, just as they're getting their major league rugby and heading in the right direction um That's right. nocturnal rights then so Stuart Hogg broke a very old record dating back to the 18 1920s well, there we go. Um, nocturnal rights, let us know what that is. Because um, I've got no, I, I, I missed that. Yeah, you have to let us know. You might want to be quick. Yeah, because I'm, because I'm about to wrap up, folks. Um, One thing, Paul, I wanted to ask you, I guess, um, you know, there's probably going to be in, in, in the coming driving mall. Uh, do do you, you do the driving mall um, every week? Is it a weekly thing? Do you do it, you know, Christmas or do you take a bit of a hiatus? No, no, we, we, yep, no, we, we will continue all the way through. Um, and uh, as my daughters are with my uh, my um, my ex-wife this Christmas, I'll be having Christmas on my own, obviously, as, as my parents are locked out of the country. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I've got no problems with uh, broadcasting on Christmas Day, folks, if anyone fancies listening. Um, I think Christmas is on a Saturday, so you might get it. You might be lucky. Oh, again. what? <laughs> yeah. It is. You're quite right. So I don't actually have to do it on Christmas Day itself. But, um, but absolutely, yeah, it will be, uh, yeah, the 28th of uh, December and the 21st of December. And then... Uh, also the uh, the fourth, so even got time to recover from uh, New Year's Eve hangover. So um, that's good. I think um, um, based on some of the comments, I think a few people were keen to sort of dig into you know how almost post mortem the All Blacks playing style season that kind of thing in detail. And I guess there'll be a bit of time for that in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. We could, we've got to, we've got a few weeks of that because because um, the URC is on Spark Sports, not on Sky, so I can't watch that. And that's the only rugby we've got basically for. Well, I got some Premiership and top fourteen action um, as well. So, but um, look, there'll be plenty of things to discuss. And yes, should Razor Robinson replace Ian Foster? That's um, that's definitely one for a future week. Uh, clearly, probably everyone else, everyone is discussing that at um, the moment. Um, but hey, we'll let uh, um, we'll, 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 we'll let it ruminate and and um, not ruminate. What's not sort of um, marinade um, for a few for, for for a week or two before uh, before cooking that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it's good to see Con in his uh, Barbarians jersey ready for this weekend's game as uh, yeah. the Barbarians men take on Samoa. Um, and the Barbarians women take on South Africa. So two Barbarians games this weekend, folks. Um, yes, Samoa 15, that, unfortunately, which is a bit well, disappointing, yes. but it's basically Samoa, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, it's basically... It's yeah, European-based yeah. players, I think. That's right. Essentially. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, so folks, have a great... Uh, uh, we'll catch you all next uh, next Tuesday for the Driving Mall Show. Um, and if um, anyone's looking for a Christmas present... Um, for their kids who like to play with uh, toy horses, um, then uh, check out my uh, Twitter feed because uh, uh, there's some cracking wooden stables available um, for sale at the moment uh, if you're looking for that Christmas present. Um, so um, thank you, Con. Thank everyone in the live chat. Catch you all next Tuesday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.